37-yard field goal. This is it. This is it right here. Gensel ready. The snap's good. The whole block! The kick's oh! The kick is good! Oh! The Mountaineers are going to try to it's take it to the big house. It's good, The Michigan Wolverines! The three won't go! Rebound box! Back out to Allen! History point of Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining! He drives one! Deep left field! That goes up to Back near the wall! It's out of here! Bartolo has done it! The impossible has happened! Steps into it. Passes. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Down and Out Sports Podcast. We got a loaded episode for y'all today, talking some MLB, NBA, NFL, maybe even a little PGA here at the end. Um, I'm here. I'm joined today by another one of the hosts here, Palmer. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. I can't complain. You know, me and you are having to carry this podcast on our backs because no one else can show up on time. <laughs> We're just kidding. Uh, they're all on vacation, so me and Alex are carrying the – Carrying the podcast this week. All right. Well, before we get started, uh, we got to read a message from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by the Matchsticks Company, baseball's most exclusive brand. Down and Out listeners can save 10% on their first order using code Down and Out. That's code Down and Out. The Matchsticks Company, every inning, every fan, every day. All right. Let's get started with the big news of the day. That is Julio Jones traded to the Tennessee Titans for a along with a six-round pick in 2022 for a 2022 second, a 2023 fourth going back to Atlanta. As an Atlanta fan, this hurts. Um, It hurts to see a franchise icon move on, but it was the move that had to be made. We couldn't even sign our own draft picks because our cap cap situation was so bad. Um, I guess we got what we could get for an aging player, an injury-prone player. just a guy that that, that had it was really expensive and he's going to cost a lot of the next three years and the Titans are taking on the blunt of that now. So uh, I guess I'll turn to you, Palmer. What do you think as an unbiased spectator? Um, growing up, Julio Jones was the receiver to watch on Sundays and on Saturdays before he was in the NFL with Alabama. Um, I think he was worth more than what they got him for. I know that he was uh, – had a huge contract that the Titans had to take on. But like we've said so many times, salary cap's a myth. I th- they're going to get around his sal- this, his contract. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's just inevitable that it's going to happen. But um, I like the trade for the Titans. They, they needed another receiver desperately. Um, that changes up a lot of things that's going to happen in their division. I, I had the Titans finishing third now. Now I think they win it pretty handily because of just because of Julio Jones. I know everyone says he's had injury problems in the past, but he hasn't really had to push through injuries. He hasn't had a reason to push through injuries. I think he'll be okay, and when he has to push through injuries, when there's a big game on the line, I think he can and I think he will for the Tennessee Titans. I've seen Julio as a Falcons fan, especially in that 2016 playoff run. He really 
he really fought through. I think he had a turf toe problem, but um, he definitely he definitely is a is a strong guy. He's definitely going to put it put it put his all forward for Tennessee. Um, but yeah, this Tennessee team looks dangerous in the AFC. Um, definitely have a possibility to win that division now. Um, Tannehill's probably going to have to restructure his contract. They're probably going to have to restructure Henry as well. Um, I believe they only had three million cap space, and Julio has a something like a $15 million cap pit now for them because um, Atlanta's taking on seven. So, um, But I guess moving on, um, you may hear a little bit more about that in a future episodes as we get closer to the NFL season, but that's all we're going to talk about it for now. Um, let's switch gears to the MLB. Um, not, a, not a ton's been going on huge noteworthy-wise um, in the MLB besides all the young players mashing like Vlad and Acuna and Tatis. Um, but we're going to talk about – yeah, and Adolis Garcia as well. Yeah, we, we need to talk about him in a future episode as well. But um, we're going to talk about pitchers using banned substances, um, mainly pine tar or um, – uh, yeah, that's mainly what they're using nowadays. And this has been like – this is Trevor Bauer's like main go-to. He's kind of the guy who, who is the, who's the scapegoat for this now. Um, but – I don't really see a problem with it. Um, pitch uh, batters use pine tar, so I, I don't I don't see why pitchers should be able to use pine tar to get a better grip on the ball, so they'll be able to um, throw it a little better, throw it, have a higher spin rate. They're not necessarily going to throw it any harder; they're just going to spin more. Um, I don't know. I think it makes the game more fun, make the pitches more nasty, make it harder for hitters, because um, the game's already tilted towards hitters. Um, but yeah, what do you think, Palmer? I don't have a problem with it either because I've seen the, I guess, experiment you could say that Trevor Bauer did with no pine tar versus pine tar. And the velocity, there was no change in velocity, but the spin rate was exponentially higher. And I've always wanted to know what the difference between no pine tar, rosin. You remember rosin? Like back, I guess it's kind of like chalk. But when we were growing up, that's what everyone used to like dry off their hands or to get a better grip on baseball. And then rosin compared to pine tar i haven't seen an experiment like that but like alex said baseball is designed for hitters to have success now because that is what gets new viewers for baseball and that's what baseball needs is new viewers so i don't have a problem with it either it makes the pitching ninja i don't know if y'all have ever seen him on instagram or twitter his videos are, videos are awesome he does like overlays of pitchers and different pitches and if you would just go to his instagram you'll understand why we, why we like to watch pitchers use pine tar because it makes their pitches so much more nasty. Yeah, the it may have something to do with the all these no hitters this year, but they have we haven't had one in a few weeks, so I think it's slowing down. I think the hitters are coming with a different approach to the plate, which I like. And um, but yeah, I'm a fan of the pine tar. It makes pitching a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, kind of, I like that point you made at the end there. Um, it makes hitters have a different approach. It's been all home run or bust this year. I'd like to see hitters slow down, you know, and 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 hit the ball to the center of the field, hit the ball the other way, just get on base. Like like the great Billy Bean for the athletics would say, just get on base. I mean, if you can get on base, good things happen. So I think that's a positive thing for the MLB, but it is fun to watch young dudes hit baseballs like 500 feet. But – um. Moving on to the NBA, we got a lot of playoffs to get to. Um, the biggest story, of course, and that's what we're going to get to right now, LeBron James, the GOAT, he's eliminated. Um, Anthony Davis went out about five minutes into that first game or into that game six in, in Staples Center against the Suns. Devin Booker went off in the first half. They were, I believe they were up, what, 20 at halftime? Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I'll let Palmer give his thoughts first since he's a Lakers fan. It hurts, you know. Growing up, it was almost always who's LeBron going to play in the finals. So, and I've always been a huge LeBron fan. So, I guess you could say I never got to really watch the NBA playoffs. And this year, now that LeBron's out, I don't really have a team. So, I am enjoying the fact that I get to watch basketball with no bias. I get to appreciate the game of basketball. So that part's been fun, but it does suck not seeing my guy, not seeing the Lakers in the playoffs, not contending for another championship. But they'll be back. I think um, I think they'll sign a guy this year that'll really make a difference. Hopefully, a shooter because that's what LeBron needs. But it was very evident that the Suns they were so much better coached than the Lakers. Frank Vogel, he may be out of LA after this year. That are after this upcoming season, if they don't do something or if he doesn't do something different than he did in these playoffs, it was obvious that Monty Williams was the much better coach and that they were, and that the Suns did have a much better team, especially when Anthony Davis was not on the court. Um, but besides that, I, I think once you saw Anthony Davis go down and how the Suns played without him on the court, it, I think it was obvious to everybody that that game, that that series was all Suns and no Lakers. Yeah, that was that was Devin Booker's coming out party. He really put his staple on that game. Um, he was hitting step back shot after step back shot, after three pointer after three pointer. Um, I'm excited to see this next series between the Suns and the Nuggets. Um, but man, I would love to see the Nuggets at full strength. But we'll just have to settle for them without Jamal Murray for now. But um, yeah, I, the Lakers will be back next year. Everybody knows that. Uh, give AD an off season to get healthy. Um, Dennis Schroeder's probably going to walk um, in free agency. Uh, I don't know what you do with Montres Harrell's $10 million contract next year. He didn't play much at all in this series. He was like a 10-minute-a-game guy. Um, his size is just a problem against these NBA players in the playoffs. He, he's not a good defender. Um, he, he gives high effort, but he just struggles. So it'll be interesting to see what the Lakers do, especially that bench unit. Um, Kuzma was bad. Caruso wasn't great. Um, yeah, they got to figure something out with that bench unit for the Lakers. Yeah, Kuzma was <laughs> Kuzma was abysmal. But um, <clears throat> we'll move on to the to the Nuggets in Portland series. Um, Damian Lillard <laughs> put the Blazers on his back. He scored 55 in game six, it was. Um, or no, it was game five, I think. Yeah, it was game five he scored. He scored 55 points. He was hitting three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer. And his team was just absolutely selling this man. Um, McCollum has to step up. Uh, I, I, to be honest, I don't expect to see McCollum in a Blazers uniform next next season. Um, it'll be interesting, interesting to see who they hire as the head coach. Um, there's, a, there's a few interesting options out there. I've seen Kid. I've seen – Jason uh, Kidd pulled out today. Did he? He pulled his name out of the hat. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, Lloyd Pierce is still out there. I don't know why anyone would hire him, but um, he's an interesting name. I think Terry Stotts will be picked up by another team this offseason, though. He's a, he's a great head coach. He, he went to, what, eight straight playoffs with the Blazers. Um, he never accomplished anything, but it was tough because he only has one star on that team. But um, Damian Lillard is an absolute stud. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they treat him this offseason. He's going to obviously have a big say in um, whoever they hire. If they if they if he's not, they're going to have an Aaron Rodgers situation on their hands, um, and probably very quickly. Um, but yeah, the the Suns Nuggets series. Any first thoughts, Bummer? I I like the Suns with a healthy Chris Paul, Devin Booker playing out of his mind like he has in the past two games. And DeAndre Ayton doing DeAndre Ayton things, he can slow down uh, Joe, 
Jokic, and that's really all they have. Um, they play the Nuggets, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they play the Nuggets. So, I don't see – I see the Suns ending this in six. I really do. I don't think the Nuggets have much for um, – I guess you could say the Suns' big three with Booker, CP3, and DeAndre Ayton. I think they were very rail-wounded well-rounded team with those three guys. Um, Cameron Payne can shoot really well. Um, they have shooters outside of those three, too, and I, I just don't see the Nuggets being able to score with them. Yeah, the series is um the series is, um, is going to come down how well Jokic can play making. It's a, a pretty good Suns defense. I wouldn't say they're great at all, but they're, they're a good enough defense. Mikael Bridges is an elite defender. Um, but uh, Mikael Bridges has to play better as well. He played better towards the end of this series, but if he plays at a higher level, because um, he's going to have to match Michael Porter Jr., who's gonna, who's been an absolute stud, especially he was in game six. He absolutely, I believe he had 22 in the first half. Um, but it'll be an interesting series. I, I also like the Suns, Palmer, probably in like a, a five or six type type series, unless Jokic goes crazy. Um, but let's head over to the east side now um, in, in a big, big series. First, the two versus the three seed in the east. We have the Bucks versus the um, the Nets. Uh, the Nets taking Game One um, without James Harden, which is going to be the big story, which we're going to get to. Um, and it was pretty handily. Uh, the game never really was in doubt in the fourth quarter. Um, so, be interesting to see how this series goes. Harden has been ruled out for Game Two, so uh, you think the 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 Bucks have to steal this game too, if they really want to have a shot with a full strength Nets team, assume, presuming he plays in Game Three. Um, but Palmer, what do you got to say? I, I just I want to talk to Bucks the Bucks head coach. I'll be honest, they didn't have Giannis on KD. They had PJ Tucker on KD, and PJ Tucker's not a bad defender. But when you have your the defensive player of the year from a few years ago, not guarding one of the best scorers of all time. It's just really a head scratcher, and especially with the size matchup too. Katie and uh, Giannis have very similar body builds, kind of, I guess, length-wise. So I don't know. I thought there was a no no-brainer that Giannis would be stuck on Katie the entire game, but he wasn't. PJ Tucker was. Chris Middleton guarded uh, Katie some, and um, Giannis guarded Kyrie some. Like it was definitely a head scratcher for me. But I think if they put Giannis on Katie, I think this is a different series but if they keep playing KD like they're playing this game this series may be over in four like uh like they did the Celtics um uh, Giannis played really well yesterday um and there's nobody on this Nets team who can guard him not one uh the Nets are not great defensively everyone knows that they're not great at rebounding everyone knows that the Bucks are going to have a size advantage, and they have to take advantage of that if they want to win the series. Um, I didn't understand the P.J. Tucker thing as well. I wasn't able to watch the beginning of the game, so I don't know if that was because of Harden's injury. They switched that off. They put Giannis on he, – he was on Harden originally, and then they put him on Kyrie. But I, I like the Drew Holiday on Kyrie matchup. I think you can win that if you're a Bucks fan. I think that's – like you want that matchup because Drew Holiday is a great defender. Kyrie's outstanding. He's going to make his plays. But and I think that leaves you in a perfect position to put um, PJ Tucker on maybe like a like a Blake Griffin, and you have Giannis on KD, and that's perfect for you if you're a Bucks fan. Those are three good defenders on three good offensive players. But um, when Harden gets back, I I don't see how the Bucks win this series. Um, if they were able to beat him this handily without Harden, um, it's 
going to be a scary sight to see Harden's playmaking ability, him making assists all over the court. Um, it's going to be hard. It's hard for me to fathom how they're going to lose this series. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll see as it goes on. Um, we'll move on to the, to the other second-round series that started today. Um, the early games, we're able to talk about it. We should be able to talk about this other game here in a second because it's getting out of hand. But um, we got the Hawks, 128-124 over the 76ers. Trey Young, 35 points again. Great, great game from Trey Young. Um, they put Ben Simmons on him a little in the second half. They started picking him up half court, um, forcing him to pass out of the traps. But he was doing a great job of that. Bogdan Bogdanovich, absolute ice in his veins at the end. Hit a clutch three, then hit two clutch free throws at the end to put the game at four points with like eight seconds left. Um, the Hawks were up like 27 at one point. Um, they tried to give it away at the end. Refs were absolutely horrible. Um, the refs absolutely bail Embiid out. I, I'm sorry. I know they bail Trey Young out too, but every time Embiid just flails at the basket, they give him a foul. And, and I mean, it's whatever. But I love the hack of, hack of Ben at the end. Um, make the dude hit free throws. If you're a freaking NBA player, you should be able to hit free throws. So if he's not going to do that, make him do it. Um, but anyways, that's a great first win on the road without DeAndre Hunter and when Embiid was playing when we didn't expect him to be playing. Um, I'm excited as a Hawks fan for game two. Hopefully DeAndre Hunter's back. Um, and maybe maybe Ben Simmons or maybe Embiid played too much on that knee. He'll be a little – he'll play few, fewer minutes in game two. Um, the Sixers shooters were bad. Danny Green was bad, bad, bad. He got schooled by Trey Young on the defensive end. He couldn't hit a shot on the offensive end. Seth Curry played well for them. Um, Cork Maz played all right off the bench. Um, the bench unit has to be better for the Sixers if they want to win. Um, the, the Hawks bench unit just completely destroyed them. It wasn't even close. Um, but anyways, uh, Palmer, what are your thoughts? I, I said it last podcast that whoever was playing the Sixers, we're going to get beaten for either the Hawks or the Knicks. And I ate my words. The if the Hawks can score like they scored today, then I don't know if they'll – I don't think the Sixers have anything for them. Because without Embiid on the floor, the Sixers have a really hard time scoring the basketball. They don't really have an identity when Embiid's not on the floor. And with him being hurt with a meniscus or MCL, whatever it is, I'm not sure how much he can play and he keep playing at a high level with that with a knee injury, especially as a basketball player jumping up and down so many times. You got you really, really have to have healthy knees to be, to be able to perform at a high level. And Joel Embiid doesn't have that. It'll be very interesting to see what they do with him game two if he's more healthy. Um, I didn't watch much of this game. I watched the first quarter. Hawks were up by 20. I fell asleep and I woke up and the, the game was over and the Hawks won by four. I don't know how they came back, but if they just start hot like they started today, I can see the series being over in six. If they shoot like they shot today, then um, the Sixers may, in, may be in trouble. Um, yeah, this is going to be an exciting series. The Hawks aren't going to be up by 20 in the next game, so we're going to have to grind out a victory if we want to win two on the road. But I think one on the road's good enough. Um, I don't want us to rest on our laurels or anything. I want us to go out there and fight in game two, hopefully steal another one. And then we're fully in the driver's seat going back to Atlanta. Um, uh, the game that's on right now, um, I think we can go ahead and kind of talk about it. This yeah. is going to be hilarious if, if Dallas comes back to win this and we just have to absolutely scratch this, but um, hopefully not. But 
anyways, the Clippers are up by 15 in the fourth quarter of over the um, over the Mavericks. Hard fought, hard hard fought series from the Mavericks. Um, they they really played well. Luca played outstanding. Kristaps Porzingis is an absolute bum. He is the highest played player on this team, and he is literally useless. He he only just stays outside and just chucks threes. It's it's hard to watch as a as a fan of basketball because Kristaps was so good in New York. They, he would he would ISO people in the lane. He would do his little jump shots, but man, he has really taken a step back in Dallas. I feel like he doesn't like how Luca plays so ISO ball. I get, I think that might mess with his style of play, and they just don't mesh well. Making that trade that they made with New York look really iffy now. Um, even though they got Tim Hardaway Jr., who's who's the second best playmaker on this team right now, um, they did give away two first round picks for Kristaps. So. Uh, we'll see how this, how um, the Clippers Jazz series goes. I'm excited to see that. Um, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, um, Rudy Gobert. It's going to be a great series. Um, I really, I really like the Clippers in this series. Um, I, I think Dallas might be better than the Jazz just because they they have a better player. Because um, I think I think Luke is the best player in this series right now. Even though Kawhi is playing like a freak. Um, uh, and the Jazz don't have anybody for Kawhi. Who 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 are they going to guard with Bojan? Are they going to guard Bojan on Kawhi and then put Donovan Mitchell on Paul George? You don't want that. That's not good. Um, uh, I think I think this is a Clippers series in like five, and then I and then I see a Suns Clippers, and I can see that going seven with also the Clippers winning. Um, but yeah, um, Palmer, what are your thoughts? I would agree with you if I if the Clippers' offense was more consistent. I feel like some games they're scoring 120, and then the next night they're scoring 80. I think they got to find their identity and they got to stick to it. Like Alex said, Kawhi Leonard is playing out of his mind. He's playing like a top five player in the league this playoffs. Paul George is playing much better than playoff P last year, so they're going to have to ride him high. But I like. I like the Clippers in this series as well, but their bench is going to have to play exponentially better than they've been playing in this series with Dallas. Utah Jazz has the best bench in basketball, and in my opinion, I don't know if there's a close second. They had the top two guys for six men of the year, with Joe Ingles and Jamal Crawford. Right. Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson, same difference. Um, but they, they got a really good bench, and the Clippers are going to have to uh, – the Clippers bench is going to have to play really well. But I think they will. I think they can. Um, Luka Doncic, shout out to him. He has played unreal this series. I, I think Alex had this series going in four or five um, to the Clippers. But because of Luka, he has, he has brought Dallas into the Staples Center for a game seven. He's – put his heart on his sleeve. He scored 30 points tonight or this afternoon. He has had 10 assists. He's played with everything he's got, and it's just not enough. They're going to have to get somebody else to that plays well with Luka, that plays well with his game style. I'm not sure who they could get to do that, but the Dallas team needs one more guy to play well with Luka before they make a next step um, to a championship. Um, there's a lot of cap space for Dallas this offseason. It's an exciting offseason coming up for Dallas. Um, I believe they can create up to $30 million. They're going to want to bring Tim Hardaway Jr. back. So, um, you, you probably won't have that much, maybe, because he's going to demand probably $15 million a year. Um, but um, for the Clippers, where is Luke Kennard? Why, why is Luke Kennard not playing as many minutes? I get they like Terrence Mann's defensive potential. 
Um, and, and you're just not going to get that with Luke Kennard, but you're paying the guy $16 million a year over the next four years. And he's like your 10 minute a game guy. Um, the guy's a great shooter. I think he needs to be playing way, way more for Los Angeles over these next, next two series potentially. Um, but yeah, um, I, I like what I've seen out of the Clippers these past, uh, five games, right after they were down to, yeah. so this is a, this is a great comeback for the, the Clippers. Um, Moving on, though, we're going to talk a little PGA. So, John Rahm, he ended Saturday's round six over or, or six shots above the six shots above the rest of the uh, the leaderboard. He was he was absolutely destroying everybody. He was destroying the course. He was going to win today, and he was going to make one point six million dollars for doing so. He gets off the course, and they meet him right there and tell him he has COVID nineteen. Um, and so now he has to for- withdraw from the tournament, forfeit basically $1.7 million, which is absurd when you think about it. Um, and now the guy's just uh, SOL, you know. He has to go home now, quarantine. Um, to me, I think it's absolute garbage. Golf is a socially distant sport. Let the guy wear a mask and go play his round by himself with no one else. Um, I-, I really don't get it. Uh, he's asymptomatic. The guy doesn't feel bad. Obviously, he was – he was playing the sport at the highest level in the world on that day. So, I mean, he's six over – or he's six above everybody else on the scoreboard. So, I don't know. Let the guy go play without a caddy. He can carry his own bag if it's that big of a deal. I mean, he's been with the caddy anyway. The caddy's probably going to get it. Might as well let him go out there. Sorry if this is me being ignorant or something, but I don't see the harm in a, in a socially distant sport like golf, letting the guy go out there and play by himself with his caddy without any other playing partners. I don't see the risk in that. Um, if he wears a mask too, even, even better, you know, um, I just think it's bad that this guy's losing out on $1.7 million for a virus that we now have a vaccine for. It's much less risk. Um, I don't know. Uh, Palmer, what do you think? I want to know when the PGA got the news that he had COVID because if they were waiting for him, when he got off the course, they probably had knowledge about it before the 18th hole. I wonder if they knew about it at hole 12 and just let him play out because they didn't want to make a big stink about it mid-round. Because I just don't understand, like Alex said, I don't see why he couldn't have played a round of golf with a mask on by himself, carrying his own bag. Because $1.7 million is a ton of money. I don't know why the PGA did this to him. I think this situation could definitely have been avoided. Um, but Alex said it perfect. I don't. I just don't know why they didn't let him play by himself. Um, I think the PGA should be ha- should have handled this much better, and I think they'll get, receive some backlash for it. I would love to see whoever wins. I don't know who is winning right now. It was Morikawa last I checked. I would love to see them give them give John Rom half of their winnings because he was going to win the tournament. He was six shots up, and the guys at the leaderboard today are shooting even par through like fifteen holes. They weren't going to catch him unless he colossally collapsed. So, I, I don't know. It just hurts that for the guy. You know, he's going to win his sixth time on PGA Tour. Um, and these wins on PGA Tour matter. They matter for the FedEx Cup because if you win the FedEx Cup, you get $10 million. So, they're not, even me- they're not only messing with his bread when it comes to this tournament. They're messing with the man if he wins the FedEx Cup, potentially qualifies for the Tour Championship, wins that, wins $10 million. I mean, to me, that just hurts, you know. Um, I feel bad for the guy. Um I hope the best. Hope he stays asymptomatic. Um, but yeah, Palmer, you got anything else you want to say? All right, with that, guys, um, we appreciate you for listening. Um, uh, follow us on Instagram at Down and Out Sports. Um, we should have a new podcast coming out Wednesday. Probably a little more NFL. Um, 
or maybe more NBA. We'll figure that out as we go. Um, but thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate y'all. Peace.